today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. As we look at that, and he talks about five lords of the Philistines, I look at that as even almost like strongholds that might be in our lives. Things that, man, we, we know we can't fight on our own, and maybe we've fought against them in the past, and we've, we've got our tail kicked, okay? So we've just kind of backed off and figured out, oh, I'm going to have to live with that. No, I want you to take a look at this list, and, and I want you to transpose it, Okay? for your own life, for your own self. An inheritance is truly a blessing, a gift. But an inheritance from another person may have strings attached, requiring that you do something in order to attain it. That's not so with God. As we'll hear from Pastor David today, God gave His people not just a promised land, but a spiritual promise as well. They weren't a perfect people, but their mistakes didn't mean God would break His promise. If you are a believer in Jesus, you will also receive an inheritance given through a covenant with the Father. Now here's Pastor David with today's message entitled, Taking Possession of the Promised Land. We're in the book of Joshua. You remember way back when we were in the book of Joshua? It seemed like last year, but it was only uh, the beginning of the summer. Actually, the last time I taught in Joshua was uh, the uh, end of July. Uh, I went and looked, and it was uh, the end of July, so it's quite a, quite a while away. Now we're, here we are. We're almost the middle of October. We're jumping back in. Uh, to bring you up to speed, for those of you who may not have uh, been with us at the earlier part of this study in the book of Joshua, the whole idea, the whole concept of the book of Joshua is the claiming of of God's promise, the claiming of God's promise, the reality that that God had promised Abraham years before this, that this land would be your land, that it would be the land for your descendants for generation upon generation and generation. And then we know as we went through the book of Genesis, ladies, you went through the book of Genesis not too long ago, or you in your own personal study, you've looked in the book of Genesis, you know the story that from Abraham came Isaac, from Isaac came Jacob and Esau, from Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel, came the twelve sons, and from those 12 sons, remember the one son, Joseph, was sold into slavery into Egypt, and then once he was in Egypt, he he helped out the economy there. God gave him the opportunity to rise up within that kingdom, literally saving the lives, not only of the Egyptians, but of much of the world or in that area. At that 
point in time, the famine had hit in the land of Canaan, where his other brothers were. His other brothers, not knowing that Joseph was still alive, went to Egypt. They got food there. Joseph revealed himself. They said, wow, he moves everybody to Egypt. They live in Egypt. And then pretty soon, remember, the Pharaoh came that did not know Joseph. And so then they went into bondage, and they were there 400 and some odd years. Then finally, now they've escaped from the bondage of Egypt, the bondage of Pharaoh. They're now coming into the land of promise. Remember, they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because of disobedience and lack of faith. Now they've moved into the land and they're being able to come in and they're conquering these great walled cities that the spies were so fearful of before. They're conquering the giants of the land that the spies warned them. You know, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. So they're in and they are conquering the land. And as we've gone through the book of Joshua thus far, we've actually uh, finished up uh, chapter 12. It speaks uh, again of the, the, the kings that had been conquered. There is still back battles yet to go. The victory is definitely theirs, but there is battles that are still need to be fought. And that is the same true in your life and in my life when we become believers. When we come to Christ, the victory is ours through Christ Jesus. He has won our victory on the cross at Calvary. And yet we still have battles to fight on a daily basis. Amen? Okay, I just want to make sure you, you know we're you're the same as I am. Okay, uh, on a daily basis we have battles to fight. Are there still giants in the land? There are some in mine, and I believe that there probably are some in yours. Are there still walled cities that that seem to be impenetrable by 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 our own wisdom and our own understanding? Absolutely, but. Again, the promise of God is is that I'll go before you, and I'll fight your enemies for you. I'll defeat the enemy for you. You just simply need to trust me, have faith in me, and walk in obedience. And that's what the whole story of Joshua is about, their willingness to go forward trusting God, seeing him bring the victory, and seeing him fight the battles for him, and just, again, in just absolutely amazing ways. So we are now in chapter 13, and there beginning the division of the land to the different tribes of Israel. All the battles are not finished. In fact, there's many, many more battles that yet need to take place. But this is now a step of faith. A step of faith that says, you know what, Lord, you have given me that land, and I'm claiming that land in your name, and I'm moving forward in that direction, trusting that not only you've given it to me, but you're going to uh, enable me and empower me to be able to apprehend what you've promised for me in that land. And beloved, in your life and in my life, there are issues like that that we deal with on a regular basis. The strength is not your The strength is not mine. The strength is not found in horses or in chariots. Our strength is from the Lord. And the more we get that drilled into our noggins, the stronger we're going to be, the more consistent we're going to be in our walk. The problem is, is... Again, I don't, I don't know about you. I, I kind of think I know about you, but I do know about me is that there's times that it's not that I forget. It's just that I don't 
do it the right way. And I try and fight it on my own. And I try to do it on my own. I try to build it on my own. I try to defeat it on my own rather than, again, just falling uh, face down before the Lord and said, Lord, unless you build a house, you know, we're building it in vain. And that's in every area of our lives. That's in our own personal lives. That's in our family lives. That's in our ministry lives. That's in our job situations. That's in our interpersonal situations. That's in our health. That's in our finances. That's in every aspect of our life. The, every aspect of our life, beloved, these are Again, the, the cities, these are the, the giants, these are the, the barriers that are there. And as we look at the book of Joshua, we see that God is giving them this land, and it's with hope and in that promise that he's already made. I love how chapter 13 starts, especially as I'm getting older. I read this, and I, I, I had to chuckle, because chapter 13 starts, now Joshua was old, okay? And advanced in years. So he's not only old, but he's advanced in years. Uh, and, but, but the Lord consoled him in that because the Lord said to him, you're old and you're advanced in years. So, <laughs> okay, here's the real deal, Joshua. You've been at this for a while, okay? But you're not done yet. You're not done. God still has a plan. I don't care how old you are here. I don't care how long you have been what some people call retired. Most of the retired people I know are probably busier than the people that work on a normal case. But in your life in Christ, do you know that you never retire out of that? You never retire out of that. God has probably more for you to do once you retire out of that 9 to 5 or eight to five or whatever kind of job that you have, once you are free from that burden, guess what? God has a lot more for you to be able to do. You may be old. You may be well advanced in years, but it ain't over till it's over. Amen? Amen. And as long as he's giving you breath to breathe, God has a reason and a purpose. God has blessed our congregation with a a great variety of of ages. But I want to let all of you know, no matter what your situation is, no matter what your what your age bracket, what your work situation is, God has a job for you to do. He, he's called you to himself, not so you could come in and, and suck air and, and take place in a building. He really hasn't. He's called you to his kingdom for his kingdom's purposes. And I don't care if you are old and well advanced in years. There's still very much land yet to be possessed. That's in your life personally That's in the kingdom of God. And yeah, beloved, that's even in this ministry. I am just tickled to death every time Robert comes to me and says, hey, we've got another senior couple that have volunteered to to work over in this area, work over in this area. I'm thinking, man, that is great. That is awesome. I also like the young couples too, being involved and, and, and being a part. I love it when visitors come and they say, I love the diversity of your congregation. The fact, uh, again, so wide a range of, uh, of just about everything, of ethnicity, of uh, income, of age, uh, of backgrounds, everything. And you know what, guys? That's just a microcosm of the body of Christ. I hate going into a church where everybody looks the same and acts the same and is the same because I think that's not really what the body of Christ looks like. The body of Christ is kind of like us. It's filled with warts. It's filled with chips. It's filled with stains. It's filled with goofballs. It's filled, you know, it's filled with a little bit of all of us. Amen? And yet God works it with us, and God works with us in the midst of that. Okay, so there's a lot yet to be possessed. Amen? 
He says in verse 2 of chapter 3, uh, 13, I'm sorry. He says, this is the land that yet remains. And he goes on to speak. He says, all the territory of the Philistines and that of the Geshurites from Shior, which is uh, east of Egypt, as far as the border of Ekron northward, which is counted as Canaanites. The five lords of the Philistines, the Gazites, the Asherites, the Ashkelonites, the Gittites, the Ekronites, and the Avites. You wouldn't know if I said them right anyway, so I'm just going to keep saying them. From the south and all the land of the Canaanites and the Miran that belongs to the Sidonians as far as Aphek to the border of the Amorites and land of the Gebelites and all of Lebanon toward the sunrise from Baal Gad below Mount Hermon as far as the entrance to Hamath. All the inhabitants of the mountains from Lebanon as far as the brook of Meshiroth and all the Sidonians. Then I will drive out them before the children of Israel. Did you catch that? He says, you got all of this to be possessed, but them are the ones, maybe that's not great English, but them are the ones he's going to drive out before you, okay? <laughs> them are the ones. He's going, to, he's going to drive them out. I want you to think just for a moment, it really is where, man, we're just touching the very beginning of this study. I read through a lot of names of a lot of people groups here and cities and stuff. I want you to take just a moment and think in your own life. It might not be cities. It might not be people groups. It might be some individuals. It might be situations. It might be health issues. It might be financial issues. It might be just personal things and battles that you've struggled with maybe for years. And as we look at that, and he talks about five lords of the Philistines, I look at that as even almost like strongholds that might be in our lives. Things that, man, we, we know we can't fight on our own, and maybe we've fought against them in the past, and we've, we've got our tail kicked, okay? So we've just kind of backed off and figured, oh, I'm going to have to live with that. No, I want you to take a look at this list, and, and I want you to transpose it, Okay? for your own life, for your own self. Issues and things, perhaps fears in your life, things that are keeping you from stepping out in faith, from, from trusting God. Things that, man, they, they look like giants. They look like walled cities to you. They look like an insurmountable barriers of you being able to fully apprehend all that God desires and all that God has promised in your life. I've got a few. I, I can fill in my own here. To know that God, the God who said, them I will take care of for you. How does he say that there? Let me find that verse again. Verse 6. Them I will drive out from before the children of Israel. Think of those things that, again, you need God to drive out for you. That you can move forward in faith and knowing that, you know what, I, I don't have power over this. I don't have strength over this. But I know that my God is more than able to do that. And I want that to be your prayer tonight, even as we look at these things. That he would, even as we continue on in this study, perhaps reveal some other things to you. That, you know what, Lord, that's a land that you promised that you would deliver for me. That, that's, that's a battle that you promised that you would fight for me. And I know that I'm not capable within myself, but I know that you're strong enough. And Lord, I want to commit that to you. I want to I walk in that land that you promised me with a full assurance, Lord, that them you will drive out from before me. Them you will defeat. He's, he goes on to say, only divide it by lot 
to Israel as an inheritance as I have commanded you. Now, therefore, divide this land as an inheritance to the nine tribes and the half tribe of Manasseh. And you're thinking, well, why just the nine and the half and the half of the tribe? Because remember, uh, the other two tribes and the other half of Manasseh are actually on the eastern side of the Jordan River. And when we start looking at this, the uh, the map, we start seeing that there are actually two tribes and the half-tribe of Manasseh that are on the far side of the Jordan River. And remember, they had worked out that situation with Moses while Moses was still alive. They wanted to stay on that side of the Jordan River. Now, there's a whole lot that we could go into on that that I'm not going to touch base on tonight. The place where they were, we're going to see a little bit later, it causes a little bit of conflict, but they're able to deal with that. I've heard many messages say that, man, they came up to the promise, but they really didn't apprehend the fullness of the promise. They they didn't cross over the Jordan. They didn't walk forward. They they settled for less. I, I don't know if that's really a fair thing to say about them. They had much cattle, these tribes. That's one of the reasons they went to Moses and said, man, we've got so much cattle, and this is so wide open of an area. We want to stay here. Well, God allowed them to be there. Now, they, they had some issues. They had some problems on there uh, by settling on that side. But we see that God allowed them to do with that, and God didn't chide them, so I'm not going to chide them either. So uh, in verse 8, it says, with the other half tribe, the Reubenites, the other half tribe of Manasseh, the Reubenites and the Gadites received their inheritance, which Moses had given them beyond the Jordan eastward, as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had given them from Aror, which is on the bank of the river Arnon, and the town that is in the midst of the ravine, and all the plain of Mediba as far as Dibon, all the cities of Sihon, king of the Amorites, who reigned in Hezbon, as far as the border of the children of Ammon, Gilead, and the border of the Geshurites, and the Machathites, and the Mount Hermon, and all of Bashan, as far as Salka, all the kingdom of Og in Bashan, who reigned in Ashtaroth and Adarai, who remained of the remnant of the giants, Oh, the giants. The giants are still there, aren't they? For Moses had defeated and cast out these. Nevertheless, the children of Israel did not drive out the Geshurites or the Machathites, but the Geshurites and the Machathites dwell among the Israelites until this day. Now, let me stop right there. We're going to find as we as we go through this study, and even as we've seen already in Joshua, there are some areas that they didn't do what God had told them to do. Remember way back in Deuteronomy, God had told them, when you go into this land, you need to wipe these people out. You need, you need to just do away with them. And we think how, how harsh and how violent that is. And why, why would God do that? But you need to understand that for over 400 years, these people had lived in that land. And they had just gotten worse and worse and worse. Remember, prior to the time of uh, Joseph and his brothers going to Egypt and the family being then turning into uh, slaves there in Egypt, the, the message and the hope of Abraham, the message and the hope of the God of Isaac, uh, the God of Jacob was, was there in this land. The message and the hope was there, and yet 
for over 400 years, the people of that land had walked away from any knowledge of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they continued to get worse and worse. And we could go back and look and how they, again, uh, child sacrifices, the, the perversity of so much that was within that land. And that's why God said, you know what? You need to totally wipe them out. And what happened when we find out that they didn't wipe those things out is that they infiltrated back in to the children of Israel. And the children of Israel, they, they were flesh and blood like you and I. And as temptations came and they looked appealing and, and appeasing and, and pleasurable, and they, they fell into these things, and God knew that they would. And that's why he said, wipe them all out. But they didn't wipe them all out. And it's a lot like you and I in our life. There's things in our life, you know what, we just need to get rid of. We just need to stop and, and, and put it away and put it away completely and do away with it completely. Rather than playing with the things of this world, thinking that I will not get burned. Years ago, I did a, a study with uh, some of the youth, and I just put a big candle there. And as I was talking to them, I just waved my hand over the candle. And nothing would happen. I just waved my hand over the candle. Just, yeah. And so you know, I'm, I'm talking about something. I can't even remember what I was talking about, but I'd keep waving my hand over the candle and just keep waving the hand over the candle. And eventually I said, you know, some of you are doing the same thing, aren't you? You're just playing with fire, thinking, I'm not going to get burned. It's not going to affect me. I can keep doing this, and it's not going to affect me. It's not impacting my life. But I said, I guarantee you, there will come a time when that fire will touch, and that fire will impact, and that fire will bring damage. And it's in our own life. There's so many things that we can touch in this world, and we think, well, that didn't harm me. That action, that thought, that attitude, that place that I went, that thing that I did, that really didn't impact me that much. But, beloved, you need to understand that every time we do that, it does a couple of things. Number one, it saddens the heart of our God. But, but number two, it, it hardens our heart to the sensitivity of those things. And even as Israel allowed some of these other people to stay in there, they found out very quickly uh, that it did bring damage. It, it brought damage to them as a people. So let's move on. Verse 14 says, you know, they're, okay, so they're talking about all this land they're giving out. And then verse 14 says, but only the tribe of Levi, he had given no inheritance you think, why? I mean, were they that bad? No, no. There was, a, there was a certain purpose for them. He says, the sacrifices of the Lord God of Israel made by fire are their inheritance, as he said to them. Now, we're going to read about that in chapter 21. Actually, they, they get certain cities around, not the cities of refuge, but also other cities for the Levites where they can live and they can have their cattle. But they never really become landowners. Because the idea and the thought was is that they would never be so attached to this world that it would impact them in a way that they could not serve God in the fullness uh, that God had intended for them to be. They were the ones who were to serve as the priests and the worshipers, the worship leaders. They were the ones that, uh, again, were to draw the people into worship. They were the ones that were, again, to be the 
for lack of a better term, the, the kind of the, the go-betweens. They would represent God to the people and represent the people to God. Uh, that's the idea. And God had purposed it for the Levites that they, they wouldn't get so attached to the things of this world that, uh, that it would start impacting, uh, how they're able to, to minister. And it's a great idea and it's a great, uh, concept. And we're going to see it, uh, as we go through this. Look at verse 15, the, the land of Reuben. Verse 15, the land of Reuben. Moses had given to the tribe of the children of Reuben an inheritance according to their families. Their territory was from Aror, which is on the bank of the river Arnon, and the city that is in the midst of the ravine, and all the plain of Mediba. One of the mightiest warriors in the entire Bible was Joshua. God used Joshua to conquer many of the pagan nations surrounding God's people. From spying out the land God had promised his people, to Joshua's encounter with the angel of the Lord, this book will surely be an encouragement. Join us as David teaches through Joshua verse by verse. You can get a free copy of today's teaching at our website. Simply log on to theopenword.com. That's theopenword.com. Although the open word is a huge blessing, We pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. Here's Tracy with more information about our service times here at Calvary Chapel, Casa Grande. Maybe you're listening right now in Casa Grande and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. at 6.30 p.m. every Wednesday and Saturday. For more information, call us at 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Or log on to theopenword.com and follow the link to the church website. Thanks, Tracy. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Please join us next time for the next edition of The Open Word.